Hello and welcome. My name is Juanita Headley. I am a New York attorney and the founder and CEO of Changing Cases. You are listening to a set of podcasts, a series dealing with the issues of human trafficking, child abuse, and of course, knowing how to respond to the question. Over the following weeks and months, I'm going to take a look at some hard-hitting topics with a view to educate, empower, and inspire you to change the way that you think, act, and respond to better safeguard the children in your world. Stay tuned until the end of this show, where I'll be sharing not only how you can get a copy of my new book, but I'll also inform you of some upcoming live Zoom trainings and how you can contact me to have your questions featured in a future episode of the show. So we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about it. Yeah. So we can talk about it. Talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. Yeah. Let's talk about the recent case of Ravi Zacharias in Christianity Today. A friend of mine told me that she was very upset to hear that Ravi Zacharias, who was an apologetic and had a very huge ministry, a ministry that was international, where he would use that platform to bring people to Christ, to share the gospel, to use it as a way to discuss with people, particularly atheists, about what they believe, what they thought, In fact, when I attended the Christian Lawyers Retreat last year in February, March time, one of Ravi Zechariah's team members was actually there and spoke of the Bible in such a way that I'd never heard before. In fact, the biblical stories truly came to life. At that time, if I remember correctly, Ravi Zechariah was not very well and he later passed away. However, according to this article on February 11, it goes on to say that Ravi Zechariah was investigated and these investigations led to information coming to light that this apologetic who was world famous and renowned for the work that he did he abused massage therapists in the United States and overseas and that this had gone on for more than a decade he had free reign his team his family members his allies were greatly loyal to him. And what was described in this article is that Ravi Zacharias was able to engage in improper conduct with his masseuse. And he was able to get away with this because of an injury he had on his back. And therefore, him having constant and frequent access to masseuse did not raise any eyebrows. The challenge here is that People's loyalty, I would say, was blind in the sense of he was able to do what he did, lure his victims, building trust, using spiritual conversation, offering funds through the ministry. Truth be told, it sounds as though he prostituted these women. He exploited them sexually and would pray with them and meet their emotional needs and even their financial needs. It says here a 12-page report released on Thursday by the Ravi Zacharias International Ministry confirms the abuse. The article goes on to detail 
that he had multiple phone devices, which had the contacts for more than 200 massage therapists in the U.S. and Asia. Hundreds of images of young women, some of whom were naked. Zacharias solicited and received these photographs until a few months before his death in May of last year, at the age of 74. One woman tells the investigators that after he arranged for the ministry to provide her with financial support, he required sex from her, which she calls rape. She says Zacharias made her pray with him to thank God for the opportunity, which has been put in quotes, the opportunity they both received, and with other victims, called her his reward for living a life of service to God. For those of us who know the Bible, we know that the Bible talks about marriage. It talks about relationships. It talks about sex, and. It saddens me that this individual, who had a world-renowned ministry, I've read one of his books. I have not seen any of his teachings, but I have been to one of the conferences that took place in London. And it saddens me that, unfortunately, because of the decisions and choices that he made in his life, many people will turn away from the faith. Now I believe that we are human first and Christian second. I believe that every one of us has weakness. We have areas that we struggle in. That doesn't mean to say that it is a man weakness or a Christian man weakness. Everyone has different weaknesses, and of course we know when we consider the male and the female genders, men tend to struggle in the area of sex, celibacy, of commitment to one woman. And it's interesting because I know of an individual who's a Christian. They are devout, or at least they have been described as being devout, having a strong love and faith for God. However, that person struggles with pornography and masturbation, and that is the thing: Christians are not immune from the temptations of the world. However, it disheartens me and it saddens me that Rabbi Zacharias would exploit these women; that he would use his position of power to take advantage of people, particularly those. Who may be impoverished, living in developing and third world countries. There is no mention of any of these women being minors, so to my knowledge, they were over the age of sexual consent. But that doesn't make this any better. He was married. I know that he has a daughter. The daughter is still alive, as is his wife, who predeceased him. And it says here, when he died in May, he was praised for his faithful witness, his commitment to the truth. And personal integrity. Now it is clear that offstage, the man who so long was admired by Christians globally, abused many women, and manipulated those around him to turn a blind eye. Multiple witnesses were interviewed by the attorneys that were hired by his ministry, and they examined phones that Zacharias used from 2014 to 2018, and the evidence that was uncovered. Says that he engaged in sexual misconduct. The investigation was not exhaustive, but there is sufficient evidence. In other words, this is not fake news. When my friend sent me the article, at first I thought it was fake news, but the lawyers that were hired for his ministry have come out and have said that. 
Truth be told, a lot of people have lost their jobs or have decided to leave to walk away. It is really sad that this has happened. It is not the first story of its kind and will not be the last. The Bible talks about the wheat and the chaff, and many of us believe we are indeed in the last days. And when we think about ministries that are falling apart, when we think about ministries that are being elevated, those of, that are ear tickling, it is quite clear that we are coming to a point where the truth is coming out. As the Bible says, what is done in the dark will come out in the light. The ministries that are excelling, the truth that they are giving is not the truth of the Bible. It is ear tickling. And that is a truth that the world will love. And we know that it is better to lose our life than to save our life. Somebody makes a comment in Ravi's ministry that it's a shame that he was not able to repent on earth. We do not know the outcome because we do not know the future. We know that according to the Christian Bible, the King James Version, when you die, you will go to meet the Lord and either you will be in heaven or you will be in hell. That is what the Bible tells us. But we cannot say whether or not Ravi repented, whether or not his repentance was true and sincere, whether or not those of us who do meet our Lord and Savior and go to heaven, whether we'll be reunited with him, whether that is for the first time, whether we've had the chance to meet him on earth. It says here, according to investigative report, Zacharias continued soliciting sexual images of women. He defended himself publicly after an allegation came out that he had been involved sexually with a woman. It's said here in the article that people disbelieved this lady's allegations and now they have had to come back and apologize to her. There is a non-disclosure, there is a gagging order, so therefore she's not able to speak about what had taken place prior. It says here that Ravi told his staff that there was a mistake in the Thompson matter with this woman. He also goes on to say that... It also goes on to say, if I, if I can summarize here, that at that time, Ravi Zacharias never went to management or to the board... And there were more than 200 occasions that he had received photographs from this woman. Zacharias publicly stated in 2017, he had learned a difficult and painful lesson over his communication with Laurie Ann Thompson. He received more photographs from another woman, investigators found, and that woman went on to send nude photographs. The article says one thing that changed following the Thompson case is that investigators noticed Zacharias did a much better job of deleting messages in a way that they could not be recovered. His statement was that he has learned a difficult and painful lesson. That was in 2017. However, up until months of his death, he continued to engage with women sexually in person and via cell phone. He had multiple cell phones and these cell phones were not even connected to his ministry. That is the problem too often in the Christian faith. There are many of us well-meaning Christians who focus on the man of God rather than the God of man. And therefore, as a result of that, we are so caught up with that individual that we therefore struggle to be able to see what they are really doing what is really going on beyond the surface. 
In other words, they have a shield of protection. What I mean by that is that we make excuses for any impropriety that we may see. None of us are immune. None of us are invincible. We know, according to the Bible, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Therefore, that makes us susceptible to falling into sin, to being tempted. When we understand and we appreciate that, we have to accept that there's certain decisions that we need to take because every one of us is accountable. Every one of us is required to make an account to God. When we do that, we have to make an account. On earth, if you are involved in an organization or in a ministry and such a thing takes place, you will be accountable, not just in the media, not just with those who are giving money to the ministry. But at times when legality has taken place or illegality, you may be accountable to the point when you are deemed to have omitted, failed to act, and therefore there is responsibility placed upon you. We need to appreciate that it is important for us to not protect somebody to the point when they can go on and commit offenses to vulnerable people because we trust them, because we give them free reign to be whoever they want to be, because we are loyal, but we are loyal to the point of blindness. That is not good. And it is not the fact that we may end up suffering the consequences of that, our reputation, our profession. It is not just about that, but it is a simple fact that you are in a place, a position to be able to make an impact to the lives of people, whether that is because you're a missionary, because you're an apologetic, because you've got a calling on your life, you have a professional vacation to save souls, to educate, irrespective of that, you have to consider the impact that will be made when information such as this comes out. Ask yourself the question, is it really worth it? It makes me think of the article that I made reference to quite recently. And this article is of a couple who exploit their position to take advantage of those who are vulnerable. We need to accept that any person can be vulnerable. It is not even about your faith. It is not even about your life per se. It is about who you are as a person. Poverty is not the only vulnerability. When we think about these women, their profession, their faith made them vulnerable. As ridiculous as it sounds, they were Christian and they were masseuse. For example, those who were Christian and masseuse, they were vulnerable because he used his faith. He used his position, his power in the Christian denomination. He used his place in his ministry to take advantage of many of these women. He would pray with them and say, let us thank God. And he was really defiling the church by having these women engage in sexual activity with him and then resort to praying. And these women would go and pray with Ravi Zacharias after they have just engaged in sexual activity. When they have just engaged in sex with a married man, which is adultery, or on other occasions when they have been raped or sexually assaulted, their vulnerability may not even have had anything to do with any poverty they may have experienced. It may simply be the fact that they are Christian and masseuse or they are masseuse. That is how they were vulnerable. And this is sad for me. What troubles me most is that justice was never served 
on this earth. I believe in a God of vengeance and a God of justice, and that gives me comfort. When people like Ravi Zacharias do this for up to a decade or more and get away with it on this earth, I have comfort that the God that I serve will ensure that vengeance is done according to him, God the Father, and justice is served according to God the Father. For us, justice would be that Ravi would be imprisoned. But when we think about the state of prisons, is that truly justice? And when you have money and you have status, when you go to prison as a minister, depending on the nature of your crimes, depending on which prison you go to, you can be deemed a celebrity. You can have celebrity status. And so we have to consider, is prison true justice? I, of course, do not believe in the death penalty. Absolutely not. Because the death penalty, number one, it is not going to change what has happened. Number two, in my opinion, it will not give healing to the victims. No matter how long the sentence may be, it will not bring back those stolen years. It will not restore the hope that was taken away by Ravi Zacharias. At the end of the day, he took advantage. Now, it is sad such a story exists. However, if I'm honest with you, I appreciate that this story has been written. Why? Because I feel our focus needs to move away from the Catholic Church and move to all faiths, all religions, all positions of power. Far too often we speak ill of the Catholic faith. It is beyond that. It is not just Catholics who commit infractions. There are many people of many faiths who will commit infractions, who will commit offenses that are sexual or otherwise, that will take advantage of their position, whether that is for money or whether to engage in immoral acts with another person. We have a case in St. Vincent and the Grenadines of a bishop, spiritual Baptist, who took advantage sexually of a young man. That is not the Catholic Church. However, the sad reality is it's once again a hit at the Christian faith. In all faiths and all religions, there are people who will take advantage of their position. And when you are naive, when you admire a person, maybe when you have a feeling or admiration towards them that may be romantic in nature, that creates vulnerability. But it is really important to note that we need to not point fingers at the victim. Victims must never be blamed. We can sit and say there may have been naivety on their part. But beyond that, we need to consider that these victims were most likely groomed. Think about somebody that you admire, somebody with, with status, with fame, with money. You admire them. Somebody of the opposite gender. Maybe when they speak, they're charismatic. Maybe they're physically attractive. Maybe you have a liking towards them. You have no relationship with them. You've never met them. However, you desire them in a non-sexual fashion. You desire to have a relationship. You desire to have a friendship. You desire to be counseled by them. You desire to have an intimate platonic relationship. If that person comes into your world and shows you due favor and shows you attention, if you are emotional, if you have needs, non-sexual in nature, and that person is able to meet your needs, that person now has the capacity to take advantage of you and to groom you. 
This is something that happens time and time again. I saw a recent drama of a counselor, a therapist, who provided support for a young Asian American. She had been victimized in her younger years, and he would give her counseling. However, he took advantage of her position. He eventually invited her to stay in her home, his home. However, on the first night that she stayed there, he gave her alcohol. She had had an alcohol problem in the past, and he knew this, but he wanted to lower her inhibitions. Him inviting her into his home was inappropriate. If I remember correctly, he had been struck off from his practice, which was why he was able to open up this opportunity to her. She had a need. She wanted to move out of her mother's home so that she could able to be independent. And he pounced on that, invited her into his home. However, when he plied her with alcohol and tried to engage with her sexually, she was triggered and reacted in such a way that he lost his life terribly. Some may say that he deserved that after violating others of his clients. I know that the Bible says you will reap what you sow. There is a consequence for your actions. I'm not going to sit and say that he deserved that. Absolutely not. I do not believe in an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. However, I know what the Bible says, and it does say you reap what you will sow. Bearing this in mind, his actions resulted in his client responding in such a way that he lost his life. Did he deserve to lose his life? Absolutely not. She has taken his life, and I believe that she was incarcerated either in a mental asylum or in prison. She has lost her life, or at least for a greater part, she will lose her life in the sense of being incarcerated, being imprisoned. Will she be able to get the healing and the wholeness that is necessary for her to continue on following what has happened to her? She experienced trauma, and then trauma again, and then she commits murder. We need to accept and appreciate that every person is designed and created differently. We all have skills, talents, and gifts. We all have areas of weakness or vulnerability. Your skills and talents should be used for the betterment of others, for the betterment of yourself. They should not be used to exploit innocent people, to exploit vulnerable people, to exploit people who are impoverished, to exploit people. Who are searching? They have faith in God, and they are searching for answers. They are searching for wholeness and for healing. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be violated by a pastor. How would that make me feel? When my pastor lets me down, I am disappointed. I will change church. I'm not looking for a perfect church, but I know that there are certain things that I expect to take place in a church, and my expectations. Are reasonable. Think about it. When a person has disappointed you, you will be hurt. You will be disappointed. That is reasonable. But how about when that person takes advantage of you, violates your person and your body? How much more will you feel? Disappointments come and disappointments go. However, being sexually violated, being groomed, abused, being paid for. Purchase for sex is probably going to place a lot of guilt and shame upon you. If you ever disclose to people, how will they judge you? We know in the Bible it says that sex is between a husband and wife. 
Ravi Zacharias was married to a Canadian woman. He had a wife. When he engaged sexually with these women, he was engaging with women he was not married to. If they knew their Bible, they would understand that having sex outside the confines of marriage is a sin. However, we need to appreciate that ministers and pastors, no matter what denomination of church, they will manipulate the word of God to be able to excuse and justify their behaviors. Now, I cannot say what I would and would not do in a situation. I do not know the future. But one thing I can certainly say is that I have read the Bible multiple times and that I know sex outside the confines of marriage is a sin. Knowing and understanding this reality, I therefore would not engage sexually with any married man, any single man, any engaged man. I would not engage sexually with a minister, a deacon, an elder, a pastor, a priest, because the Bible is very clear. Sex is for the confines of marriage. No matter what scripture they may try to use to persuade me otherwise, I have read the Bible, I understand the Bible, I know the stories of the Bible. And when I see stories, for example, David and Bathsheba, where he committed adultery, he had sex with another woman and committed murder. When I think about his story, the fact that he had sinned multiple times and the consequence was that his son had died, I have enough evidence to substantiate engaging sexually with another person outside of the confines of marriage is a sin. I cannot speak for these other women. I will never judge or blame these women for the choices that they have made. But I will say that they certainly have a huge burden upon them. Any victim or survivor will be feeling guilt, will be feeling shame and blame. But even more so when we have a book, when we have the Bible that tells us sex is for the confines of marriage and we fail to adhere to that. We as people need to not judge and to understand where a person is at to be able to support that individual, to be able to be healed, to be able to move forward in their life despite what they have been through. Thank you for listening to another episode of Can You Keep a Secret? I trust that the information has been useful to you. I believe that we all need knowledge and education. And when we have a better understanding of topics such as abuse, it enables us to better safeguard the children in our world. For a better understanding of the topics being covered each week, then please reach out to me for a copy of my new book, Can You Keep a Secret? You can follow me, message or email me, so that I can answer your questions in upcoming episodes. We can all learn from one another, and this is an educational series that I hope will impact and change not just your life, but also that of the people around you. You can find all my contact details on my website, changingcases.org. That's changingcases.org. Remember to share this podcast with friends and family members. There are victims and survivors in your world, you just don't know it. But if we can all be educated, then the world will be a safer place. Please tune in next week for another episode. I want to trust you. I want to trust you.